Hey, Warriors, I want to let you know about an exciting way you can help us share Christ and help protect children from perverse ideologies in Italy. Yes, I said Italy. By God's grace, our latest documentary film, The Mind Polluters, continues reaching people all over the world and is having a tremendous impact in educating and motivating communities to take action in protecting the innocence of children. An Italian dub of the film is needed to break through the language barrier to help our brothers and sisters in Christ make a significant impact in their communities. Learn more about this need and share your support at fearlessfeatures.org. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber. I'm Amber Archer, half of the Fearless team. And joining me again back on the podcast is the other half, my husband, filmmaker, producer, author, Mark Archer. Keep it together, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together. (laughs) We're a husband and wife filmmaking team on a mission to educate, motivate, and inspire others to stand firm in the Lord in their communities. We tackle the heavy issues of the day from a biblical perspective. You can learn more about us and the movies we're making by visiting fearlessfeatures.org. Yay! So today, if you haven't listened, if you did not listen to last week's episode uh, with Pastor Rob McCoy, Mm -hmm. I strongly encourage you to go back and listen to that. He did a whole, it it was a God over government. I don't know if I I call it a speech, kind of like a town hall. Inspirational talk. Yeah, it was a good hour long. It was really good. Oh, love him. It's amazing to sit there and just listen to that kind of perspective on... Yeah, the the right way to view the church's role in politics and everything. Mm-hmm. We've, we've just taken this backseat role in our nation. With we the, the we, we were beat down and told and and believed this <clears throat> lie of chepar- uh, uh, separation of church and state. Right, and we're going to address that in dysphoria. Yes, we we'll, are. We'll talk all about <laughs> that. Our new that, movie. That, this, all, this all goes back to the Johnson Amendment. Mm-hmm. This was uh, something that was put in place by Lyndon B. Johnson, who eventually became president, mm-hmm. and it's unconstitutional. Yeah, but it, no one has really challenged it. That's the problem. Yeah, but we're not getting into that today. Today, nope. so it's been really exciting. For those of you who don't know, um, we just released our um, latest documentary film, The Mind Polluters, and it has had a year-long run helping grassroots churches, everyone who is trying to uh, fight back against these pornographic materials mm-hmm. that we know came through the sick brain mind Alfred Kinsey. I was the, trying to. I was the trying mind to, head. Yeah, I was trying to find a nice way to put it, but there's just no nice way to put oh, a he's, pedophile. He's pervert. a pedophile pervert. There's no. There's nothing nice to say about Alfred Kinsey. No, he was, so, he was just a wicked man. So we're beginning to see the fruits of all of this action that people are taking and after finally waking up mm-hmm. to what's happening it's really amazing to watch the lord work and to see things start to come to fruition you're everyone's problem i know <laughs> so so i just want to read a quick um we're here in indiana yes. and the kinsey institute is here in indiana and for people who don't know they get their funding through, yeah, oh, I'm, so, sure, I'm sure they get money from all different sources, but yeah. it does come from the state because they're part oh, not of, federal. I thought they were federal. No, no, okay, because they're bad. part of Indiana University. They they get their funding from the state. So because uh, every two years in Indiana is a budget year, so <clears throat> this year's legislative session has largely been focused on the state budget for the next two years. 
and that leads into oh, this I article. Knew, I knew that. I'm sorry. I have I have so many articles that I'm <laughs> reading. I've got these swapped. Okay, so Indiana lawmaker back defunding the Kinsey Sex Institute, and so I got a phone call the other day uh, when this happened. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we had people down at the state house, so it was exciting to hear that this actually passed. So there was a freshman lawmaker um, who. Well, let me just read some of this. Okay. Indiana Republican lawmakers have voted to prohibit Indiana University from using any state money to support its sexual research institution after a far right legislator unleashed disputed <laughs> allegations of child exploitation by the famed mid twentieth century researcher Alfred Kinsey. This town needs an enema. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes on. Indiana Republican lawmakers voted Wednesday to prohibit Indiana University from using any state money. That's right, state money. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. Forgive my apologies on these. We have so many laws and things that we're researching. We track a lot of things. Yeah, here. we do. For, oh, anyway. So from using any state money to support its sexual sexual research institute after a far-right legislator. So I'll move on with that. Uh, the Indiana far House right. voted... The far right. Right. And it passed 53 to 34 to in, block the state funding towards the institute. So this is on, in the House side. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's I think uh, by the time you hear this, it should have passed the House completely. And gone over to the gone Senate. Over to the Senate. Yep. Um, so anyway, that has long faced criticism from conservatives for its ongoing research and the legacy of Kinsey's work that they blame for contributing to liberalized sexual morals, including more acceptance of homosexuality and pornography. You suck. <laughs> so hot. <laughs> what was that from? I don't know where you find this stuff. Honestly, you guys. Ugh. So anyway, Alfred Kinsey, Kinsey, who died in 1956, produced groundbreaking sexual behavior studies in 1948 and 1953. They were groundbreaking, right? And if you you don't know, and we pointed this out in the Mind Polluters, you can learn all about Alfred Kinsey Mm -hmm. and the Mind Polluters. Yes. Uh, But of course, they reference how he was portrayed by Liam Neeson in the 2004 film Kinsey. Right. And if Liam Neeson... If you know, portrays him, then it, it must, must be good, must right? Be good, he must right? be a good well, guy. He also played Aslan, yeah. Right, so you can trust Liam Neeson, right? Republican Representative Larissa Sweet <clears throat> claimed that some of Kinsey's research was child exploitation, and she argued for an amendment to the state's budget bill against funding the institute. By limiting the funding to Kinsey Institute through Indiana University's tax dollars, we can be assured that we are not funding ongoing research committed by crimes which is true because Mm -hmm. in our research of kinsey they still are of course they're still doing their sex research oh yeah but now they have something called uh the kinsey reporter and it's an app (coughs) we have talked about this before i I see (laughs) i want the truth okay the kinsey reporter hey make this brief okay because i still have a a few more to go here we'll we'll talk about this more in depth actually actually we're going to yeah, we'll talk about this more later. But the Kinsey Reporter app, you can download it on your phone. Uh-huh. And it allows you to anonymously report your sexual encounters. Uh-huh. Your sexual escapades of any type. Right. Regardless if it's rape. Right. <clears throat> child that's, that's rape. The Kinsey Reporter app. And it has it it's still up. Mm-hmm. And the, this is how they're now gathering data. Yeah. They're enabling 
sexual predators to brag on what they've done. Just like the majority of those who contributed to Kinsey's research early on, they they were abusing children. Oh, absolutely. And they were com- convicted rapists, mm-hmm. pedophiles. Absolutely. But but made it tried to make everybody believe that that portion of society that he sourced from, that's how everybody is. Right. In fact, just a fun fact for you, and we actually uh, will have some extra content uh, that we're working on, things that we wanted to put into the mind polluters but didn't. Right. And one of those uh, threads is dealing with this and specifically where the data for data for Table 34 came from in Kinsey's book, Sexual Behavior in the Human Male. And if you don't know what Table 34 is, it, they record how many different... <clears throat> orgasms children as young as was it four months four months yeah. four months to yes. 12 for, for a period of 24 hours i think was the four-year-old it's basically it's basically yeah. documentation of child torture yeah and they use this as their excuse for children are sexual from birth children are sexual from birth which is what all of this goes back to and all of the curriculums from the planned parenthood it's yeah. everything is children are sexual from birth they have to know all these pornographic Mm-hmm. Things. Yes. So we, there will be more content on this coming, but we're on a tangent. Go ahead. Okay. Let me finish this article <laughs> and I'll be sure to leave a link to it in the show notes for you guys. So, but the Democratic representative, Matt Pierce, oh, this is where it gets really good. When they're, when they're defending Kenzie. Yes. This, this is so interesting. So Democratic Representative Matt Pierce, whose Bloomington district includes the university campus, responded that Sweet's claims were, quote, based on old, unproven allegations of conspiracies that did not exist, Uh calling them, quote, warmed over Internet memes that keep coming back. Pierce said the university maintained a department that ensured all research involving humans, because they have bestiality, I would imagine, (laughs) Um, I don't know. I was yes. trying. To, I was trying to figure out why did he specifically say humans. And when I read it, I was like, uh, "Oh no, he." That's a really odd. So statement. Here's, here's what's interesting. All you got to do is go to YouTube and watch the trailer for Kinsey, the the Liam Neeson film. I haven't seen Just it. Watch the trailer for it, and they make a joke out of him getting people come to come in and contribute to his research that were into bestiality. It's it's a it's a comedy line it's a comedy thread in the film wow Liam Neeson yeah okay well let me just back up because representative democratic representative Matt Pierce said the university maintained a department that ensured all research involving humans met federal laws and that the Kinsey Institute aimed to better understand human sexuality Mm -hmm. including how to treat and prevent sexual predators and pedophiles you suck. <laughs> so hot. Oh. Okay. So. Wait, I'm, I'm still kind of blown away. At, it almost makes me want to go and watch the Kinsey film. Because <laughs> I didn't watch that one. We did all research on the other stuff. Like, uh, I don't, I don't I recommend wanna... you watch it because the trailer is pretty vulgar. I would play the trailer. I would have to beep the trailer to play it on the podcast. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty vulgar. And this is what and this is what we're talking and they're defending this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Our yeah. tax dollars, our Indiana tax dollars are going to fund this quote unquote research institute. Yeah. And federal money too. I can guarantee you that federal 
Incidentally, the Kinsey Institute also came from Hugh Hefner. Yeah, Hugh Hefner uh, helped to fund the Kinsey Institute along with. uh, I was going to say the Rockefellers, but I don't. Rockefeller Foundation was part of that. Um, And there was another one. And they also helped set up Seekus. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so don't even get me started. This is all uh, all porn money. Yeah. An Indiana University spokesman and the institute's director didn't immediately comment on the vote. Seven Republican House members joined all set all Democrats present in voting against. Again, these are all of them that are against mm-hmm. this, which which specifically prohibits the use of any state money for expenses, including the Institute's on-campus facilities, research work, utilities, office supplies, and maintenance of research photographs or films. Now, incidentally, Mm -hmm. they have a whole section just locked down. You can't go in and see any of their research or films. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And if there were ever to be a raid conducted... I would love to see that happen. Institute. So there are <clears throat> there are so many uh, damaging documents in the Kinsey collection. Um, not just Kinsey, but then you've got John Money with this whole transgender issue. Yeah, yeah. but um, in one of the films that we referenced in The Mind Polluters, mm-hmm. and you can watch this film online, it's called Secret History Kinsey's, Kinsey's Pedophiles. Pedophiles. Mm-hmm. And that was from Britain? That was a BBC... Film. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they interviewed um, several, uh, I think Pomeroy. Who was his photographer? No, Pomeroy was one of his co authors. And who was the uh, photographer? C- what was the CA Trip. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Trip, the guy in the blue suit. Yep. Um, and they actually admitted in the film that they have plans for if there was ever a raid that they can destroy everything. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee they've got it all digitized by now. So oh, of course the CIA, I'm sure probably has it. <clears throat> yeah. Well, anyway, uh, the democratic it's on hunters laptop too. <laughs> <laughs> so the democratic, uh, the democratic representative Pierce said the Institute's funding was being exploited as a quote, culture war issue. And then it would simply create bookkeeping problems for the university to use sources such as outside grant funding or student tuition to support it. Mm-hmm. The fate of the Kinsey funding prohibition might not be decided until a final version of the state's budget is voted upon by lawmakers in late April. Okay. So I found that, chalked that up as a win okay. for the mine polluters and okay. everybody who's working to expose these things. Right. So we'll keep an eye on this and get you, keep you updated yeah. as this goes. So. I always remember, every time we work on these films, I'm constantly reminded of Ephesians 5.11. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. That's what we do. And they are being exposed, and people are being very diligent mm-hmm. and, and making sure that, that children are not being harmed any longer. Mm-hmm. All right, you got another one. I, I do have another one, because here's another, another fun win. Uh, for the mind polluters and, and kids everywhere and, you know, okay. just, just watching things that are happening. So a uh, Fox News article here, and re- again, we'll leave links in the show notes for you guys. Um, school district forced to pay over $100,000 in legal fees after banning moms from exposing pornographic materials. Exactly. Yes. 
So it was interesting. Uh, so this what happened in Georgia. And when the mind polluters came out, we uh, partnered with uh, Truth and Education to take the mind polluters and host screenings all over Georgia. And, and interesting, uh, this, this lady is actually a part of Truth and Education uh-huh. in the Forsyth County, okay. Georgia. She's the director for, for that, um, that branch of Truth and Education. So that was really neat. Uh, a school dist- uh, the school district was forced to pay over $100,000 in legal fees after banning moms for exposing pornographic materials at, a, at school board meetings. Uh, and if you remember, we were just talking about uh, short, <laughs> short bunny trail here. Uh, all of these um, school board meetings, and we were talking about the, the Texas school board meeting where they completely... Um, um, oh yeah, they got rid of all the, the sex ed yeah. for that year after they had already purchased. It was like a two million dollar program that they purchased, <clears> but they had so <throat> much, uh, so many people attend the school board meetings and and in opposition mm-hmm. of adopting the sex ed curriculum that they stopped it entirely for the year. So yeah. a huge win, huge parental rights win all across the nation. Mm-hmm. Forsyth County School Districts agreed to pay attorney fees in a federal lawsuit brought by a group of parents who were censored at school board meetings. The group, called the Mama Bears, claimed in the federal lawsuit that their First Amendment rights were violated and won the case due to the legal representation of the Institute for Free Speech. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So the Mama Bears settled a federal lawsuit against the Georgia School District after one of the group's members was barred from reading sexually explicit excerpts at school board meetings. Isn't it interesting? So you can't read it in front of the adults. Right. But your children, no matter their age, can go and check these out of your school library or public library. Can I just remind, if, if you have not seen The Mind Polluters, this is talked about in The Mind Polluters. When we were... Filming in the Indiana State House, and they were trying to get the obscenity exemption overturned. Incidentally, we're still working on it. Indiana has not overturned the obscenity exemption. No one has. Uh, I haven't seen any, you know, nobody did last year, even mm-hmm. though there were bills that were brought forth. Uh, so, again, your legislature may not be working on your behalf, but you can surely go to the grassroots local mm. level and make a difference. I can tell you where the problem is. It's in the Republican Party. They're the <laughs> ones that are holding this up. But same thing. They were, uh, Rhonda Miller and and those that were with her testifying were told that they were not allowed to read these excerpts from these pornographic school assignments in their testimonies mm-hmm. because that's not appropriate for the Indiana Senate. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the excuse that they also gave was that it's being live streamed and sometimes it's live streamed into classrooms and that's not appropriate in the classroom. Hello, thank you for making the case. You know, it's not appropriate for the classroom. This is from the classroom. But um, still, with that in mind, uh, they still refuse to pass it. <laughs> right. This is this is the problem with the Republicans. 
And so uh, this, this article goes on, but it was interesting because it said the uh, the FCS board voted on a new public participation policy that was approved on Monday, removing the language that speakers must conduct themselves respectfully. They also eliminated a rule that speakers do not address board members individually or be boisterous. <laughs> boisterous. Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> The lawsuit underscores the phenomenon of parents across the country paying closer attention to school boards by challenging progressive curricula and contesting books they deem inappropriate. Yes, they are. Yes. Imagine yes, that. Yes, they are. The, the issue of education has become a top concern among voters, resulting in organizations like the Oregon Moms Union since the COVID-19 pandemic. School board meetings have oftentimes become battlegrounds between parents and school board officials, um, not to mention, let's just go back to Merrick Garland deeming uh, parents domestic terrorists. Yeah, sicking the FBI on them. I mean, yeah. you think there's not a problem? Yeah, this is this is what happens when the communists get control. Uh, they are communists. Yeah. This is what they do. Anyway, um, school board meetings have been, oftentimes become battlegrounds between parents and school board officials, reigniting the debate on how much control parents have over their children's education. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, but they sued and they won. Yep. Today is best day ever. <laughs> Good yeah. news. Good for them. We applaud you in yes. Georgia. All right. So, and everybody else working. Oh. Yeah. So real quick then, before we go to the break, we don't usually do film reviews, but we just went and got early access to watch. Jesus Revolution. Jesus Revolution. <laughs> now, uh, we'll get the trailer here. Hold on. Hey, Square. I am not a square. I think we should invite Greg this weekend. What's this weekend? The mountain is high. How are we doing, Southern These people are hippies, rebels against old-fashioned authority. I think these kids need help. What they need is a bath. You're passing judgment on people you know nothing about. Maybe that's why your church is so empty. When God walks in here, brings me a hippie. I'll ask him what it's all about. Because I do not understand. His house has a very good vibe. There is an entire generation searching. Slow down, man, slow down. Just in all the wrong places. If you want to reach my people, you need to speak to them in a language they understand. If I bring them in, I'm going to lose my job. We can only walk through doors open to us. In your church, that's a door that's shut. Probably noticed we have some guests here today. I'd like you to meet my new friends. Welcome. They don't belong here. Half of them aren't even wearing shoes. They're staining the new shag carpet. They need our help. If you feel like you're misunderstood and judged, you will find forgiveness and freedom right here. That was awesome. Now that door is open any time of day. And if there are some who don't like that, well then that door works both ways. All right, Pastor, let's begin. I was almost done with this, but then you did what nobody else would even dare. This thing that we found, I feel like I belong. You're gonna need a bigger church. country is a dark and divided place, but now there's hope and it's spreading. This is your home and I want you to tell all your friends about it. So 
So we got to go see it early. What did you think of it? I loved it, yeah. and the girls loved it. And it just let me give you a, a quick overview okay. of what it is. So in the in the nineteen seventies, a young Greg Laurie, who's played by Joel Courtney, is searching for all the right things in all the wrong places until he meets Lonnie Frisbee, played by Jonathan Romy. And you might know him because he plays Jesus in the Chosen the series, Chosen, <laughs> a charismatic. Uh, hippie street preacher and together with pastor chuck smith who's played by kelsey Grammer, they open the doors of smith smith's languishing church to an unexpected revival of radical and newfound love leading to what time magazine dubbed a jesus revolution mm-hmm. yeah so i i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it i th- i wasn't sure what to expect mm-hmm. but i think not having been alive during that time um I really wanted to see it. I th- I think because I was so drawn to what was happening at Asbury University in yeah. Kentucky, and and so there were so many parallels that were happening right as this film was coming out, and and I just I wanted to see it. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because in the historical context, they said it it peaked in seventy one, mm-hmm. before I was born too. I was born in seventy three, and but I, in working on another project. Uh, a few years ago and the the man that I interviewed talked about the Jesus movement Yeah, <laughs> and he was a pastor mm-hmm. during this time and he talked about how it changed it shifted the the culture of the of the especially the evangelical church in America this is where the music started to change you know instead of just the hymns then mm-hmm. you get what it, what has led to modern day worship music mm-hmm. um, and and having grown up in a church that was very traditional and I re- remember watching it go through this shift mm-hmm. albeit decades after this Jesus revolution happened but you know it takes time for these things to spread yeah well and that's why it's that's why nobody can really define if what happened at Asbury Kentucky is actually a revival you won't you won't know this for several years later. Right. The The film was great. Yeah. So I, I really did enjoy it. I was shocked at, um, at really the story. I really didn't know the story at all. So, but to see Jonathan Rumi in a different role was interesting. Yeah. And uh, Matthew. I don't know. I don't know his name. Oh, um, uh, what's his name? Pat, uh, Patel. The guy who plays Matthew in The Chosen. He, yeah. he has a... Cameo appearance. Cameo appearance. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> so funny. that was fun. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, all right. So when we come back from the break, we've got uh, some more special audio. Okay. Thank you for listening to the Fearless with Mark and Amber podcast. I want to welcome you into an opportunity for you to partner with us to continue our mission. We know there are many ways you can invest in kingdom work, and we would like to invite you to pray about how God is asking you to get involved. We are dealing with the heavy issues that have eternal consequences, and in order for us to get the word out, it basically takes two people in action, the senders and the goers. And we will happily be the goers when it comes to sharing about these issues through a biblical worldview. And we're inviting you to partake with us to see what God might do, and Lord willing, in the end, we'll stand together to see the fruits of the spiritual investment share your support at fearlessfeatures.org okay we're back so um last week you heard from rob mccoy who is a 
just a, a megastar of a pastor right now. He's in, uh, works with Charlie Kirk, TPUSA Faith, mm-hmm. and we interviewed him um, for dysphoria. He's in dysphoria, mm-hmm. and he is pastor of a Calvary Chapel church. Which is uh, represented in Jesus Revolution. This is the church that all started this. And I remembered as we were watching the film that he talked about this, and he talks a little bit about Chuck Smith Uh in this. And so we've got a a snippet from his interview where he talks about Chuck Smith and, um, uh, well, just a whole bunch of stuff about the role of the church right now. So let's give a listen to this. So the number one verse that was quoted in Nazi Germany to bring the submission of the church to its knees so that this tyrant could step forward and kill over 50 million people around the world was Romans 13. Um, two, two pastors stood in opposition to Hitler. One was a Martin Niemöller and another guy by the name of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He said in a gathering of churches as Hitler was addressing these pastors, Hitler said, I'll take care of your churches and your pensions. And, and Bonhoeffer said, I'm not concerned about the building and I'm not concerned about my pension. I'm concerned with the soul of Germany. At which point Hitler said, leave that to me. All the rest of the pastors scooted away from him, but he stood. Martin Niemöller was still part of the other side. He hadn't seen it yet and was still siding with those that thought that, that Bonhoeffer was in the wrong. And then Bonhoeffer actually participated in an attempt of an assassination on Adolf Hitler. Try processing that. A pastor participating in an assassination attempt against a man who's killing, who's responsible for killing 50 million people. Uh, pastors don't do that. Bonhoeffer, when he wrote his book, The Cost of Discipleship, and, and leaving Harlem in the black church and having a profound relationship with the Lord and going back to Germany in those early years when he could have been saved from it, he went back to try to open the eyes of his people. It moved Niemöller. Niemöller joined him. They were both imprisoned. And one of the last directives that Adolf Hitler did before he, he shot Eva Braun and then shot himself in the bunker at the end of World War II was to make sure that Bonhoeffer was dead. And they hung him in the last days of the war. I, I think about Romans 13 because the minute we defied the governor when he said on our Holy Week, uh, Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday, during the virus, I, don't, I hate using the word pandemic, the virus that had a 99.7% survival rate, and for children it's 0.00002% chance of death, severe comorbidities like diabetes, the only children around the world that died. But we're going to put the we're going to put the vaccine on the CDC schedule so we can exempt all of, you know, big pharma from liability. When the governor in our Holy Week came out and said the church is non-essential, they will not be able to worship, sing, or take their, their, their sacrament of communion on Palm Sunday. But abortion clinics were essential. Liquor stores were essential, and cannabis distributors were essential. Abortion clinics in California aren't like they are around the country. We don't just rip the baby apart in the womb of the mother and flush the baby's parts into the sewer system of the state. We harvest the organs before we do that. We make Nazi Germany look like Girl Scouts. And we've aborted more children in the state of California because we lead the nation in abortion, and it was legal long before 73 in California. It's estimated that we've aborted more children in, in that time than, the, than three quarters of the current population of Canada. And that's just tragic. 
And every major denominations have been birthed in California, including my own, Calvary Chapel. Pastor Chuck started Calvary Chapel in 1968. He broke away from the Foursquare Church. In 68, Reagan was governor. The state was dark red. Reagan was governor. We had just completed the greatest feat in civil engineering, the California Aqueduct, bringing the, the snowfall from the Sierras to the San Joaquin Valley, the most fertile farmland, which produces more cotton than the entire South combined. And Reagan's governor. I was born in the state. My father was born in the state. Grandfather. I mean, I got roots there. And it was the state of the future. Red. And, and I didn't come from a Christian home, but I came from a political home. My dad ran for council. My mom was president of Republican women. I walked precincts. I met Reagan when I was 10. He rubbed my head, signed his autograph. Robert, Robert McCoy, best wishes, Ronald Reagan. So Chuck comes on the scene in 68, Chuck Smith, who started Calvary Chapel. And what had happened in 68, if folks don't remember, is that Bobby Kennedy was shot in L.A. by Sirhan. Sirhan is a Democrat candidate for president. Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was shot on the balcony of a motel in Memphis, Tennessee. JFK had been shot in 63. In 68, we had the My Lai Massacre and the Tet Offensive. These young people, all their friends were dying in battlefields of the names they couldn't pronounce in countries they didn't even know existed in this industrial war complex. And the riots are happening. Kids are leaving the church because there's no answers there, checking into Eastern religions and using drugs, experimental drug use. And they were just burned out. The nation was being torn apart and, and socialism was creeping in. And I, and I remember Chuck comes on the scene in 68, he and his wife Kay, and all these kids that had checked out of the church and went into experimental drug use ended up awash on the shores of California as burned out hippies. And Chuck and Kay looked out at the sea of humanity and had a burden for them, so they began to reach out to him and they avoided politics because all of them were so burned out because they had been looking for hope and change and ended up with nothing. So they just did this. They, they said, we're gonna keep the main thing, the plain thing, and the plain thing, the main thing. And he taught the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book. And every service he would throw out the net calling for you know anyone who wants to receive Christ as their savior. That worked because Calvary Chapel experienced 10,000% growth. There's now 1,800 Calvary Chapels around the world. At 1.4, the 10 largest churches were Calvary Chapels. The Harvest Crusades of Greg Laurie, Somebody Loves You Crusades with Raul Reese. I mean, we, we were exploding. South of Van Nuys, California to the Mexican border, there's more Calvary chapels than there are Dunkin' Donuts. The lion's share of all those 1,800 churches are California, but we avoided politics. And in 68, we had the fifth largest GDP, Reagan governor, I mean, it was great. Well, how's it changed the state of California in what, 52 years, 50, 50, 56 years? We're no longer the fifth largest GDP. We're now the sixth. We have the highest gas tax, sales tax, income tax, corporate tax. We lead the nation in debt. You can buy the next four largest states. It doesn't equal the debt of California. We're the authors of no-fault divorce that Reagan signed in 69 and became law in 70 that decimated marriage across the country. We're the authors of transgender bathroom bills and the most secular progressive sexual education curriculum on the face of the earth that is so nauseating, if I read a page of it to the church, you'd be throwing up. And there's a battle right now for the children who, whose identity is being just attacked. And, and without parent, parental uh, per permission in California, they can receive hormone blockers that we don't even give to pedophiles and serial rapists in prison because we say it's inhumane, but we'll give them to children without their parents knowing. This, this is grooming at its worst. 
And my question to the church is, as we lead the nation in abortion, and we've had 10,000% growth, and that's conversion growth. They've received, I preach the gospel every Sunday. You tell me I don't do, I don't do politics as politics is dirty. I'm just doing the gospel. We already went through that. But my question to the church is, where's the power of the gospel? While you've been busy doing church, the secular progressive left has dominated the ecclesia. It's time you get back in the public square. The pastoral epistle in Timothy says, pray for kings and those in authority that we would live quiet and peaceable lives in all godliness and reverence. I ask pastors all across the country, based on that pastoral epistle, name for me your five city council members and your five school board members that you pray for by name and the issues they're dealing with that will allow the community, your neighbors, remember the second great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, love your neighbors yourself, and your neighbors who would be allowed to live quiet and peaceable lives in all godliness and reverence. You can hear a pin drop because they don't have a clue. And then finally is this. They say, well, you don't love your neighbor because you violated the governor during Holy Week and you opened your church. I said, yeah, we did. I said, but you're wrong about loving my neighbor. I do love my neighbor. You don't, but I do. They go, what do you mean? I said, have you ever heard of Jonathan Mayhew? They're like, no. I said, John Adams attributed him for starting the, the War of Independence, this nation that you've enjoyed for 245 years with unprecedented freedom. He was a minister who died in 1766. He never saw the Constitutional Republic. But he looked at Romans 13 because everyone kept telling him about that and you're supposed to submit to the king. And he said, yes, it says that, you're, that God appoints all positions of authority and we're to submit to that authority. But he, he said, it also says that, that that king or that authority is there for our good. And if we do evil, we're to be afraid because he doesn't carry the sword in vain. He's a minister of justice to execute wrath on those who would do evil. And he said, when he ceases to do good, he ceases to be authority. And he coined a phrase that John Adams said started the war of independence. Disobedience to tyrants is obedience to God. And pastor, if you think that unlimited submission to tyranny is what Romans 13 says, then you are, you, you are in conflict with Dietrich Bonhoeffer and Jesus Christ himself. And telling me I don't love my neighbor, it came at a cost. I was brought before the judge on contempt charges. And the judge asked me the same question. He said, counselor, ask, ask your client about the second greatest commandment. I said, judge, may I answer that? He said, yes. I said, and I read, love the Lord your God, the heart, all your heart, soul, strength, love your neighbors yourself. That's what you're referring to, sir? Yes, your honor, excuse me. I said, Judge, I do love my neighbor. I love the, the abused who've had to have been quarantined with their abusers. I love the elderly who've had to die alone. I love the 65% of the business owners whose businesses will never reopen over a virus that has a 99.7% survival rate. I love the children of our community whose schools have been shuttered and they have a 0.00002% chance of death. I love them and it's coming at a cost at $3,000 every time the doors of my church are open. You have no evidence that we are super spreaders of any virus. And of the 107 who have died in our county, only two have died from COVID, the rest are with. And you know it, Judge, with the Freedom of Information Act. The 43-year-old, the youngest victim, he died of a fentanyl overdose, but tested positive for COVID. And they called it a COVID death. This is criminal. And you just want to drink with an umbrella on a beach somewhere because you're retiring. But this is what they're doing to our community. And I do love my neighbor. And it comes at a cost. And that's Romans 13.
And that's critical. Amen, oh, Rob. Rob's questions concerns. <laughs> no, I, I just love him. And I, and I think it's so neat uh, how he included um, Pastor Chuck Smith mm-hmm. and Greg Laurie, because in everything that he was describing, you see in Jesus Revolution. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I, I just love, I love the history and learning more about that era and that time mm-hmm. and what took place from various people who were there and can, uh, can testify to it. Oh, and, and if we could, we could speak for hours on the, the number of times we have run into this excuse from the Christians well, we just do the gospel here. We don't get we don't get involved in things like that. You know, it's for us. It's when whenever we're you know trying to do a screening of the film or something like. I mean, it's it's nonstop this excuse of well, we don't do politics. Right. Where where is the power of the gospel? Just like he said. Right. Where's the power of the gospel? Because. You know, right now, what we see, we actively see um, public schools and totally leading children astray, mm-hmm. you know, totally polluting their minds with pornography. And you think that we don't have something to say about it? Right. Where, where is the church? Right. And why isn't the church, why is it that the church won't, won't speak about it? They, they won't speak about it from the pulpit. They won't speak, they won't even allow the discussion to take place. They won't allow organizations to even to even have you know space in the church to, to well I, to I can tell you I can tell you that um, churches who refuse to talk about these things you are not loving your neighbor as yourself oh that's for sure we love you enough to tell you the truth and people need to be told the truth yeah whether whether it's comfortable for you or not because it's not going to be yeah yeah and 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 you know we've speaking for ourselves, we are not going to stop talking about these things. We are the church. Mm -hmm. So whether or not a particular building, a particular organization decides that they're going to allow us in or not, you you will answer to the Lord (laughs) with with how you are stewarding the resources that he's blessed you with. And we will answer to the Lord for whether or not we have been going forward and advancing with courage or if we're sitting back on the sidelines and being cowards. And I, and I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Lord will find us working when he returns. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, we were talking about this before we go, we were talking about this one day. And so in, (laughs) so I, so I, I did, um, search and rescue in air force auxiliary. And so I have a bunch of the tactical gear, right? So I have my, my Molly, you know, web rescue vest, right? It's not, it's not a bulletproof vest, but it's to carry all the stuff, got all the hooks and loops on it and everything. And on the back of these vests, the same thing with body armor vests, there is this big handle yeah. sewn into the back, right? Yeah. Right, right on at the at neck. The top of the neck. Yeah. And that's called a drag handle. Mm-hmm. And what it's for is in combat, if you get hit and you're knocked down, that your buddy can drag you off the field by mm-hmm. just grabbing that handle and just dragging you. Right. And whenever we talk about this and being found when the Lord comes back for us, mm-hmm. and in military terminology, there's a, there's a call on the radio called RTB. Return Romeo to base. Tango, Romeo Tango Bravo, return to base. When we get RTB, the RTB call from the Lord Jesus Christ, 
I want him to have to send an angel to drag us off of the That's front right. line by the, by the drag handle. Go and get those two. I said, it's time to go right. <laughs> because we want to be found fighting, not sitting back and going, hey, we've been waiting for you to come. Yeah. So let's let's be strong. Carry on. Well, that's all the time we have for today, friends. Be sure, if you haven't already, to go. You can rent The Mind Polluters online at themindpolluters.com and watch it. There are DVDs available at fearlessfeatures.org or at themindpolluters.com. But we hope you've been encouraged to have a wonderfully blessed week. We will talk to you again next Tuesday. 